Thank you for joining today's podcast discussing electronic communication through newsletters. Electronic communication is a powerful tool that allows you to interact with your customers and members. Amy Numbers from AOE will discuss the top 10 tips for creating a newsletter your customers and or members will want to read. Let's jump in and get started. Uh, Welcome all of you. My name is Kimberly Kaler. I'm president of AOE. AOE is a fully owned subsidiary of ACI. We provide uh, everything from marketing, consulting, event services, um, all all sorts of, of different consulting needs and serve both uh, nonprofit associations in the industry, as well as architects, engineers, contractors. Um, Love being in the concrete industry. And we're the premier sponsor of the ACI convention. So real happy to to be here with you today. I'm gonna turn this presentation over to Amy Numbers. She is a vice president with AOE, and she's gonna talk to you uh, about all things electronic newsletters today. So Amy, take it away. And yes, just in case you're wondering, Numbers is truly my last name. Um, I get that all the time. You know, is that really your last name? And yes, it is. Um, And good morning. Thank you, Kimberly, for that introduction. And good morning. And thanks, everyone, for joining us this morning, or as Kimberly said, this afternoon or good evening, wherever you are, um, for 10 tips to create a professional newsletter. Electronic communication is a powerful tool that allows you to interact with your customers and your members. They are constantly checking their email inboxes anyway, and a well-designed electronic newsletter is a perfect way to showcase your message. And there's no no reason to fear the newsletter. They can be fun and actually pretty simple to develop. So let's get started. Our first tip is to start with good, interesting content. This may be overwhelming at first, but it's actually pretty easy to develop. We recommend starting with a brainstorming session of of several members of your team. Jot down a few ideas of what you'd like to include in your message. Can you announce any new employees? A few lines about a new employee's duties and background is a great way to introduce them to your customers. Make sure you include a photo too. People like to see photos. Do you have any new products or or changes to current products that you can announce? A newsletter is a great way to get this information out to your customers and let them know about new product developments. Do you offer any training programs or webinars? Get that information out to your customers so they can learn more about your services. Will you, um, another, tip is, um, will you be attending any industry events? I know this is kind of odd at this time, but um, hopefully, you know, eventually we'll be back to normal um, and you can, you can actually meet your customers face to face. So you'd want to provide the date and place so your customers can visit you at those functions. And finally, um, you can spotlight a new project that you're working on. Your customers love to read about the projects that you're working on. Okay, our second tip uh, with your newsletter content is to make a human connection. Showcase your staff's knowledge and expertise by having them author an article for your newsletter. This will give your readers an opportunity to hear from multiple members of your team, not just the president or um, marketing director. And don't forget to include a headshot of the article's author to help make um, a connection with the the author and the message. 
Our third tip is don't forget to have a call to action. A call to action is an important part of digital marketing. It's the biggest factor in determining your ability to achieve the goal that you wanted to with your newsletter. A strong call to action encourages the reader to do something like visit your website or follow you on social media or go to your website and read a blog or most important, contact you for more information or for help. All these actions can be linkable activities and can be measured. By analyzing these actions, you will have a better idea of what your readers are interested in based on the number of clicks. Okay, moving on to our fourth tip, which is to invest in a software program to create your newsletters. If you don't have an internal software program to generate your electronic newsletters, we recommend investing in a software program. These programs continue to get smarter and easier to use, and most of them have automated features that can help you target different audiences. Our Constant Contact and MailChimp, those are two that we, um, that we have used for our clients. Costs for such programs vary, but usually are based on the number of contacts that you have. For instance, if you have between zero and 500 contacts, the basic monthly cost for constant contact will be around $20. And they do offer discounts if you, and everyone in the room is probably one of those people too. I, nobody has time to try to, um, to try to look at a, um, an email that's, that's not easily readable, readable. All right, moving on to tip number seven. Make sure you have a permission-based contact list. Newsletter software tools enable you to send the right message to the right people at the right time. And having a permission-based list is the first and most important step. A permission-based list simply means that you have permission before adding a contact's name to your email list. It's a simple contact, simple concept, but it has huge ramifications. Anytime you send an electronic newsletter to someone without their permission or who they have not requested it, you are sending spam. To avoid being an accidental spammer, never send your newsletter to someone without their permission. In the right direction. You can use one of those pre-existing templates to create a master template that will save you time and keep all of your newsletters looking consistent. The template is pretty much a blank canvas and will allow you to customize your organization's branding by adding your logo, branding colors, and social media icons and links to your website. Once you have your branded template created, you'll be able to copy it the next time you're ready to send your next newsletter. The only thing you have to do is update the content. Um, for an additional charge, however, um, some of these platforms have design services available for you to work with a designer to create a custom unique, unique look for your template. Okay, moving on to tip number six, make sure that you have a mobile responsive template. A responsive template is designed to look great and function properly across any device. It will automatically adapt to any screen size. So whether your newsletter is opened on a smartphone, tablet, or computer, it looks great, function well, 
and will be easy for the recipient to read. And while 80% of us are checking our mobile devices regularly to read our emails, a mobile-friendly template will increase your chances of getting your message open and read. Pay for an annual, annual subscription upfront. That usually is about a 15% savings. Okay, our tip number five is to create a branded template. Most software programs, um, including those that we mentioned earlier, will have pre-existing templates that you can use to get started off. In the Tip number eight, after your newsletter is sent, make sure you check your stats. Platforms such as Constant Contact provide stats after a newsletter is sent to give, to give you an idea of how well it performed. This information can be really eye-opening and help you tailor your next message. Click rates, which show the number of times links were clicked in your newsletter. And just as an FYI, if someone read your newsletter, clicked links, went back and read it and clicked the same links, um, th those links are only considered, they're, they're only um, measured once, not multiple times if, if someone um, clicks on them multiple times. Um, and also your bounce rate, which shows the number of undeliverable emails. This could include email addresses that are no longer in existence to folks who are on vacation and the server received an out of office message. The majority of newsletters um, um, in this particular sample were opened on a desktop computer while 17% opened it on a mobile device. Okay, more reports. This report gives us stats on newsletters that we had sent between January and March, or in mid-March. The report gives us information like we had before with open rates, click rates, and bounces, but we can also glean information by looking at the number of opens based on the time of day the newsletter was sent. Do you have more opens if the message was sent in the morning, in the afternoon? Um, you can really take a look at those and, and make good judgments. Um, trying different send times can give you an idea of, your, of when your audience is most likely to open your newsletter. Okay, we're rounding the corner here. Tip number nine, build your audience. Um, your goal should be to constantly build your audience. And one easy way is to invite, invite visitors to your website to receive your newsletter by simply adding a pop-up form on your website. You've probably seen these before. I've added them to several of our, of our websites. Um, and when you land on a web page, a pop-up appears in the center of the screen asking you to join the organization's mailing list. You can add a pop-up to your organization's website by working with your website designer to install a code generated by one of those sophomore platforms. Uh, software platforms, depending on which one you're working with. Okay, and finally, we're at tip 10. Now that you've taken, uh, oh, tip 10 is to be consistent. Um, now that you've taken the time um, to implement tips one through nine, the final tip is to be consistent. Your customers and members want to hear from you, so make it a priority to send out a newsletter on a consistent basis which may be monthly, it may be every two months, it may be quarterly. Um, I think you'll see that once you get the process started, it's pretty easy to continue with.
And one simple way to keep track of all this content that you've, um, that you've talked about in your brainstorming session is to create a simple editorial calendar, which is a list of all the content and who's going to author which, uh, which articles and which months it would be the best to, um, which newsletter and which month would be the best to send. Um, so what are your next steps? If you're not using a newsletter software program, I would recommend that you give it a try. Most allow you to sign up for a 60-day trial to play around with it, which can be kind of fun and bring out your inner creative side. And if you're already using a platform like Constant Contact or MailChimp, take a look, take a look at your latest message to see if you can put any of these tips that I mentioned earlier to work. Um, so thanks for joining us, Kimberly, I'll turn it over to you. Thank you, Amy. Great tip. One question I'd like to throw your way. I know a question that we get quite a bit is what is a good open rate to hope for, um, with a newsletter today? Really good question. And it really depends on the industry. Um, Constant Contact has that information on their site, and um, I can provide that. I know we get a list of everybody that's on, um, on these demos. I can provide that in an email to you. Um, it's probably lower than what you would hope for. It's probably somewhere in the middle, like 17 to 23, 24%. Um, we sent an, a newsletter out last week for one of our clients, and he was just so proud of it. It was, it was about women in history and he was just really, really loving the content. And, you know, he got about a 27% open rate, which is a good open rate for their industry. Oh, he was just heartbroken. He said, certainly I thought everybody would open this email. So um, felt kind of bad for him. Um, but yeah, I, I would say somewhere in the neighborhood of 17 to 23%, which does appear to be a little heart heartbreaking but um it yeah. is and actually one of the things Kimberly that um that you can do to improve your open rates um I had mentioned that um one of the the stats you get are your bounce you know your bounces and your bounce emails if you can keep those bounced emails you know clear those out every month um, that will help your open rates because your open rate is based on everybody in your contact list. So if you have a hundred people in your contact list that they're just not, you know, they're just dead emails, your open rates are still being based on that. So, Great so tip. Great keep, tip. keep those, keep those contact lists clean. Is there a day of the month or time of the month that's best to send a newsletter? You mentioned time of day, and there's all sorts of trends and stats that we can look at related to that. Um, time of the month, and I think it really depends, right? Consistency is key. Right, right. That's a very good question. And um, I, I would definitely say try different send times and send dates. And look at those stats and see, you know, oh, our, you know, we get more open rates on, at the end of the month or at the middle of the month. Same way with we get more opens at 10 o'clock in the morning than we do at two o'clock in the afternoon. Um, and Kimberly, I don't know if you remember us playing around with um, send times from uh, one of our clients, Madison, um, where we were sending at 6 a.m because that's where they were realizing they were getting, people were up, especially in the summer, people were up 
and moving and looking at their email, you know, to, to get out the door. So um, and I, I wish I had a silver bullet answer on that one, but it is, you just kind of have to play with, um, you know, with, with your send times and see what works. I, I can add to that a little bit. We have a lot of clients that we do monthly e-newsletters for, and we end up sending a lot of e-newsletters on the 28th, 29th, 30th <laughs> of the month because they still have to get the March one out, um, the April yeah. one out, et cetera. So um, I have one going out tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, not recommending that, but that, that does happen a lot. Um, question, let's see, Jennifer had a really great question about subject lines for newsletters at open. One tip before you comment on this, Amy, is being really careful with all caps. Sometimes you try, you know, you wanna use all caps in the subject line to try and create emphasis or interest. And that's usually picked up by spam filters. So folks may not even receive the e-newsletter. Do you have any other tips in terms of the subject line? Um, I would try out several different types and actually, I, I feel like I'm a commercial here for Constant Contact and I don't mean to be, um, but um, they're, I give them high marks on, um, on everything, including customer service, um, because there is no problem that I've ever sent to them that they cannot handle and they will do it with me on the phone um, as I'm working through. But um, they also have what's called A-B testing on subject lines. So you could try out two different subject lines and send to different portions of your um, audience and see which one gets open um, gets open more. But Jennifer, um, let me, again, Constant Contact has some really great tips on those. Final thought to wrap up, we are designing eBlast electronic newsletter programs with, with clients. One of the things I like to remind them, my goal typically is for the recipient to receive it, open it and say, gee, I didn't know you did that and hit delete. You know, so if you can get that, even if it's a glancing at it, they don't read every word, it's a 10 second thing, you catch your attention and go, gee, I didn't know they did that, whether it's a service or I had no idea you worked on that project, you've, you know, accomplished your goal. So I know you mentioned that, you know, with constant contact, that the, the cost is going to be based on the number of people you're sending it to. Correct. Uh, which I believe you said five, up to 500 people is about $20 a month. And I think up to a thousand ends up being like 35 or 40, et cetera. Correct. Um, and, and then obviously there's a, the designing the template standpoint, which we don't know MailChimp cost off hands, but it's a couple of hundred dollars. Is that correct to design a template? Yeah, and I will say that when we first started working with Constant Contact, designing a template, um, work, so you're working with a designer. I mean, you're getting um, professional services there, but um, it was around $800, which was, you know, for, for some people, that's it's a little bit too much to, to bite off. But now I think the latest one we did was about $299, something like that. And that allows you to have complete input with your designer to talk back and forth with your designer um, to go through several iterations, um, which is a, it's a really nice service. And again, I think for $300, it's definitely well worth it. Yeah, that's great. That's they great. Also, also, I will say they also provide, this is constant contact I'm speaking of. Um, what they just call a website match service. So they'll look at your website and do a custom template. Well, they'll do a template based on your website look and feel, 
but there's no back and forth with that. It's, you know, here, here's your template. And they do that for about 70 to $80. Um, but if you're gonna spend that, I, I would just recommend working with a designer so you get exactly what you want. Which is great in terms of consistency and your branding, et cetera. Exactly, so exactly. The and they can, they, they can add some design elements that you just can't do when you're pulling, you know, taking one of those pre-existing templates and pulling in all your branding. Um, you know, you can do a pretty good job, but the designer really makes everything pop, I think. So a couple of other questions. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope this session provides value and we hope you will join us for our next podcast. For more information about AOE, please visit our website at www.aoeteam.com.